Thank you for pulling into the Hope Station. I am your host, Diane Bells. The Hope Station is a place to hear amazing interviews, great transformational stories, and learn about the power of faith and hope to change your life. A podcast that proves living purposefully is possible. Are you ready for your own transformational story? Do you want to turn a new chapter in your life or career? There's hope. Schedule a free consult call with me to stop feeling hopeless and gain the hope you need to have the life you deserve. Information of how to schedule that appointment is in the show notes. You can also connect with me through my website, Diane Bells, uh, D-I-A-N-E-B-E-L-Z.com. Are you ready for another great interview? Hello and welcome to the Hope Station. I am your host, Diane Bells, and today my guest is Samara Boss. What a great name. (laughs) And she's a boss because she's going to be talking about her being set free from alcohol use disorder. And she is a holistic health coach that has an evidence-based solution. So if you have struggled with alcohol use or overuse yourself or have someone you love in your life who has, take a listen because Samara has 25 years I was, so I was addicted for 25 years and I became free. 25 years addiction. So now I love the, I love freedom. So let, let's, let's start with the story. Yeah. 25 year addiction. And then we'll go to Al. Yeah, for sure. Thank Thank you so much, Diane. You are amazing. You like introduced me perfectly from just a five minute like intro that we had together. And that was like the perfect introduction. So perfect. Um, awesome. Yeah. So let's, where do I start? Uh, I'm, I'll tell you my age cause people don't believe me, but I'm 46. Okay. So I'm 46 and I started drinking really young, like around 17, 18 years old. Okay. And yeah. So that's why the 25 years, it really was 25 years of, uh, you know, struggle and slavery with that substance. Mm. But just to back up a little bit and say something uh, to kind of set this all into place. Uh, alcohol is the number one substance used worldwide. So of all drugs and all kinds of substances, alcohol is the number one thing. So it, it really is pervasive in our societies in different countries and it affects every family. I often say this, it's, it's an every family problem. Every person that I speak to one-on-one says I have a niece or I have a cousin or I have an uncle or I have, or themselves are struggling with alcohol. So it really does affect almost every person, right? And it's somewhere in your family or a loved one or a friend, right? When you were saying you started young, I was thinking you were going to say eight. So 17, (laughs) 17 sounds like a normal age for someone to decide they're going to, you know, test out this wonderful thing that's called alcohol that's supposed to make you freer and feeling just so much better and not anxious. And I remember that in high school that I would have friends that would tell me that just take a sip and you'll, you'll feel looser. I said, I'm pretty 
loose. Like I would, I was relaxed and could have fun. And so I get that, that 17 is probably a pretty normal age to start drinking. So it's different for you. You started and then you had a problem stopping. So tell me. Yeah. So in my early twenties, in my, in all of my twenties, it was just the binge style drinking culture that was in the colleges, you know, and that's what I was used to. So it just, to me, it really didn't seem abnormal that we would binge drink. And there were other recreational drugs involved as well. Back then, those were a little wild those days. Um, But in my early 30s, and to be exact, like at 29, I think it was about 29 years old, I kind of woke up from it and realized that there was a deeper problem. You know, there was one thing was that I couldn't, there was no off switch. So I didn't know if I started drinking that night, I didn't know what would happen if I would drink two bottles. You know, I I didn't know if I would get in the car and drive or put myself in a dangerous situation or even black out and just not remember the night before and wake up and not, you know, have to piece together everything that happened. You know, that was very problematic to me. And another thing I noticed, yeah. And another thing I noticed was that I was now drinking at home alone, where in the past it was always about social, you know, fun times. But now it was almost like I was coping with stress and with different emotions with alcohol. So that was like, kind of like a thing. I was like, okay, I need help. So what I did at the time, which is what everybody kind of just tells you to do when you have a problem with alcohol is I went to AA. I was like, okay, well, I need to go to AA. And even though I couldn't see my future, like completely without, like I couldn't see alcohol not being a part of my life. That was all that I knew was to go to AA, work the program, get a sponsor, do the steps, right? Do the 12 steps and then I'll get better, right? That's what they told me. So what that did was it led me and I did, I I initially, I went to AA and I did it. What it did was it led me to become a chronic relapser for the next 15 years of my life. Okay. So so for the next 15 years- And you would start again. I would try, I would try to get sober. I would fail every time, you know, I would just constantly be trying to get sober and fail at it. And then I was told that there was something wrong with me, you know, that I was morally wrong, you know, there was something wrong spiritually with me, or I just didn't have enough, you know, gratefulness or, you know, I was told these things. I could see where it's a, just, I, I know myself from the things that I stop and start, you know, your confidence gets hit. You really do feel like there's something morally wrong with you. Like you, you don't, you don't have the same strength and the same willpower that other people do. And it it starts making your yourself feel ashamed of yourself. So it's, it's almost like the cure is, is, is sometimes just as bad as the problem itself, because you're, you're in this perpetual there must be something wrong with me. So right. Stop that, that cycle. Well, it got worse. Every time I would relapse, I would just 
it was very hard on me psychologically and on my body. So because when we relapse, we have a, a, an uptick in our drinking and it's scientifically been proven that when anyone who relapses will increase their drinking for a little while, like it's, it's like we go into a binge. It's basically a binge. And so, yeah, yeah. And you, you drink more. And so that was really hard on my body. And then I was beating myself up and I was in shame and I was, had no self-esteem and my self-worth was on the floor. And it was just this perpetual state for 15 years, you know, and it was bad. I, at the end of that, I, I was like a shell of who I really was meant to be. You know, I was like, not, I had no confidence. I was just, just depressed and miserable. And yeah, it was horrible. How did it affect your, your working, your career and your relationships? Affected every area of my life, but I didn't know that it was, but it was, it affected every area. I wasn't in the right career because I was just like in survival mode. So I was, you know, and I, my, it affected my relationships with my family and intensely, like my, with my mom, especially. And she has a whole interview online about how my AUD, we call it AUD, alcohol use disorder affected her. And yeah, so it was, I was, I was hiding drink, like I was sneaking my drinks behind my family's back. And I was like hiding bottles in the closet and, you know, like making drinks in the closet. It was bad. Like I was, I needed to hide the drinking because they didn't, I couldn't let them know the extent of how bad it was, but they all knew, you know, it's those, that thing where. Well, what did that at the time, did you believe that your drinking was giving to you that non-drinking wasn't? Well, the thing is, is that now we know that that compulsion to drink, to, to, that reinforcing aspect of to having another drink, having another drink, having another drink, that is something that's in the brain. So our brain neural pathways will equate uh, drinking to like a survival need. It, it's almost like we get tricked into thinking that we need it to survive. And then we, it, it, it's this compulsion. So it wasn't like I could shut it off, right? It wasn't that I could just decide Oh, I'm not going to drink today. Like I was being compelled to drink. Like I would, I would tell myself, you know, I'm not going to drink today. Like I would be like, I'm not going to drink today. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do all my healthy things. And then by 3 PM, it was like an obsessive thought. It was an obsession. And then I, my car would drive itself to the liquor store. You know what I mean? Like it was that kind of thing where I would be in the liquor store being like, what am I doing? Grabbing these bottles. Like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Like, I was like having an out of body experience. It's not necessarily something that you can control. And that's one of the big misconceptions that's out there is that people say, well, why don't you just stop? If you can, why don't you just stop drinking? Okay. It's a little bit harder than that. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, I think too, when you realize that and even you, you, know, you say there's something in your brain that, as you said, there's all these switches and triggers, and it's a very 
complicated system that we can't see, but it's working all the time. So when when it's telling you to do something, you know that that fight and flight or survive our instinct to survive is very great. And was there something that that started that trend in your you know that just saying survival is predicated on me having alcohol or was you know how, how did that all t- tell me how that all got twisted up in your brain that's such a good question that's such a good question so what happens is and now we know this through the scientific study of addiction but our so drinking is actually a learned behavior it's something that we teach our our neural pathways in our brain you know, we, we can teach our brain any behavior, right? So we, over the course of many years of this drinking in excess, we train our neural pathways in the brain to be wired up to alcohol, to be wired up to drinking and even to drinking in excess, right? We, we train ourselves to do this. It's just trained our brain to over drink. Yes. And then now we can untrain the brain to overdrink. That's what we do. <laughs> Good, because if we taught it something, we can unteach it. So exactly. that's the hard part. So how how do you untrain your brain? Now I'm very fascinated. Okay. So in the 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 method that I used for this, and by the way, let me just kind of back up a little bit okay. and just go right ahead. Tell you that that I cried out to God many, many, many times during that 25 years probably in the last 15 years, I I cried out many, many times. And I was like, God, deliver this for me. Like, take, take it away, take away the obsession, take away the desire for alcohol. Well, that didn't happen necessarily, (laughs) but it did. It did end up happening. I believe in my heart, I believe that God used this very specific way to free me and to heal me completely heal my brain completely from alcohol um, in order for me to be able to pass this on to others. So that's, that's yeah. that part. I, I, he, he use works all things for good, right? For those yeah. who him and are called according to his purpose. So he had a Amen. purpose for you and it was painful. And sometimes people don't realize that, that we're giving these challenges, these obstacles, these yokes of addiction, whatever you want to call it and saying, that, you know, it's, it's not like a punishment. There's a, there's a purpose because there's other people struggling. And then when they look at someone who looks like you and you're beautiful and go, really, she had an alcohol problem. How could she, there's no way you're radiant. You're, you're gorgeous. You're confident. You're engaging. You're, you know, joyful. You can see all of that. So I always ask, was the pain worth you getting to this other side? Oh, 100%. Well, you see it. You see what's on the other side of my addiction. Like this was on the other side. Everything that you described was on the other side. I wish I had before and after pictures. I actually do. I should probably compile something because I was 50 pounds heavier than I am now. I had a whole slew of health problems. I had terrible rosacea on my cheeks my cheeks would be like swollen red with like uh broken blood vessels this is how i looked okay and i also had terrible um what is that called uh a reflux 
Yeah. Yeah. Acid reflux. reflux. It was bad. It was, I was like burping up acid throughout the day. Sometimes it, it was just a very bad case of it. And yeah, all of that disappeared. All of my health problems completely disappeared as you could kind of see in front of you, but I know uh, I just took a picture of you. <laughs> I, have but, the um, video. I have the video, but this is where the before and after is so powerful for anyone looking for a transformation. So, and, and at times we can forget like where we were. So these, sometimes these reflections or introspections, you know, just having a conversation with someone who doesn't know your story and saying, you know, remember when, remember when I would look in the mirror and I was overweight with rosacea and I've had, yes, that, um, that acid reflux that was so terrible. I would get it that it would feel like someone had twisted my throat. And I had a combination of being stressed in my executive job. And then also feeling like, well, I'm, I'm just going to calm that stress down <laughs> with a good Cosmo. <laughs> with a good Cosmo. So exactly. then you're like, what's at worse? And, you know, like, I just think about that. It, it does not solve the stress. There's other things. And like you said, it's re retraining your brain. So you're, you're a gorgeous, wonderful before and after picture. So I'd love oh, to see thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I got to find one. I got to find one. So tell us how you got on the right track. We're just okay. Thinking. Yeah. I'll answer the prayer. Where did he lead you? Yeah. So, you know, that 15 years, right, of horrible living. Uh, in 2019, I came across a video online. It was just, it was a TED talk and it was, it, it was titled uh, how I cured my alcoholism. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. It was 15 minute, you know, TED talk. And it's this woman discovered this medication. Okay. That basically it regulates the reward center of the brain. So you actually take it this is, this is revolutionary. Okay. You take it an hour before you drink. So you don't necessarily have to just, you know, cut off alcohol from your life and just rip off the bandaid and completely be abstinent because that's very, very, very difficult for the majority of people. The majority of people can't just quit like that. So you just continue drinking actually, but you take this medicine beforehand and it's fairly, you know, it's, it's a safe medication. Like there's no contraindications with other medications. It's, it's just generally well accepted by most people. Right. Uh, and it's non-habit forming. So it's actually an opiate blocker. Okay. So it blocks the reward that you're getting from the alcohol, which in turn, what that does is if you do that repeatedly over the course of a couple months, you start to lose interest in alcohol. Okay. So I was like, let's do this. I was like, Let, let's go. Let's try this. So the first time I tried it was for five months in 2019. And I was ba basically, I was, I call it a failed attempt. Okay. Because I actually initially did see some really amazing progress. Like I saw a 70% reduction in my consumption of alcohol. Okay. That's huge. Progress. That's yes. huge. Uh, and I started to feel better, but 
the problem was I was basically on my own. I, I didn't have a support system around me. I was experimenting with this medication on my own and I didn't have enough understanding of what I was doing. Like I, I was just very gung ho and a little naive and I was making a lot of mistakes and I really didn't know what I was doing. And so I call it a failed attempt because what happened was it, it led me. So in 2020, so now we're talking COVID, right? So in 2020, it's not a good year to be experimenting. Yes. I, when the only I, stores that are open in New Jersey yeah. right, were, were the, exactly, uh, right. exactly. So you go shopping, but you can paralyze the liquor store. Go ahead. I know, which is so crazy. So there's one report that alcohol sales uh, went up by three times during COVID. So yeah, so I just went back, basically, I went back to drinking, because I didn't know enough of what I was doing. And I kind of talked myself out of it. There, there was a lot of factors. Okay. But I, I'll, I'll just put it the, the main two factors were that I didn't have a support system around me, like a community of people also doing this, you know, and I was all, all alone. And then I had not enough understanding of scientifically what was happening in the brain, how the brain was rewiring at the physiological level, how this medication was rewiring the brain. And, you know, I just didn't know enough. So there's actually a book. Okay. I have it right here. Actually, it's, there's a book called the cure for alcoholism by Dr. Roy Escapa. Okay. And this basically tells all the science behind the, the doctor who created this method, who discovered this method, who dedicated his life to building this method. That's this book, right? This book shows his labs and the clinical trials. There's all this, all this research backing this method up and it's fairly unknown. Like, and it's been around for 30 years and it, and this drug is approved in the United States, FDA approved for alcohol use disorder. Okay. It's an ant. it's called an anti-craving medication. So it reduces your desire and your craving over time. Just and for alcohol or could, you know, I have eating. It, it uses it. it <laughs> that's a great question. So there you it's actually for most addictions mo most different types of addictions like it can be used for overeating for sugar addiction so more and more weight loss clinics are using this medic medication for weight loss i'm i did a research recently i just kind of did a search at uh, with weight loss clinics and found that many of them are using it the drug is called naltrexone and it's not it's a generic like $15 medication like it's not expensive it's not i'm not promoting this drug i'm not with any pharmaceutical company or anything like that there the it, in actuality the pharmaceutical companies don't promote this medicine because there's no money to be made right there's no money to be made on a $15 medication prescription for the for the prescription not for pill for the prescription not the pill the the prescription a, a month prescription Okay. So continue with your journey. You hit 2020. It's COVID. Oh my <laughs> God. So my, open. my, I stopped taking the medicine because I didn't realize I wasn't supposed to do that. I, like I said, there were a lot of mistakes that I made. And so I just, my, my drinking just kind of snowballed back up again from where I had seen those amazing res results. 
right? I, I had told you a 70% reduction. So right. now my drinking was back up again. And now I, it was just uh, an even worse year. I think you have to like go down before you go up or something, because it, it, that year highlighted to me how incredibly awful like alcohol was for my life, like what it was doing to my life, like how I was basically killing myself. Like by this, that by 2020, I was now older in my forties. I was feeling the effects of the alcohol, the negative effects, like the, you know, it was I increasing all these health problems and the problems in my family with my relationships and my everything. It was just showing me what it was doing to my life. And so towards the end of that year, I got really, really serious. Like I was like, okay, I remembered, I feel like God, this is what I feel like. I feel like God reminded me of the Sinclair method because I kind of like put it on the back burner and he, I feel like he reminded it to me and he was like, you need to do this. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to be obedient to you and I'm going to do this. So at that point, that's when I got the book. Okay. This is kind of teaches you how to do it. It's like a well-worn loved book. <laughs> I've, I've read it. This is my third time going through it. And yeah. So, I mean, it says the medically proven way to eliminate alcohol addiction. It's medically proven. Like this is, this should be more out there. This should be like, a lot of people should know about this. And it's just kind of, well, there's, there's reasons behind that, but you know. Right. Well, I always say follow the prophets. <laughs> Pro exactly. Well, both prophets, the, the F-I-T-S and the P-H-E-T-S. Follow them. They're telling you something. Someone yes truth to your life and someone wants to make money off of your life <laughs> and the rehabs are like a, an, a a revolving door of and every time someone goes it's thirty thousand dollars right mm -hmm. it's like thirty thousand dollars a month or something crazy like that mm -hmm. and it's a revolving door right so they rely on repeat business and if there's like a, a simple medication that you can take at home you know, in the comfort of your home and attack this drinking problem from your couch while you're still drinking. Um, and then in five months to a year, like pretty, pretty, not too much time, you can be done with it and move on with your life. So how did you do it different the second time that you've been now? It's three years. We're going to give you a three-year uh, right span what has changed or what had to change so that you can make this remarkable change well everything changed but but basically my mindset changed my mindset i i now believed that i after reading the book and and also getting involved with some of these facebook groups that are people that are doing this right people around the world that are doing this method for themselves i got the support that i needed right? The community aspect, the support. And, and actually now I work with Thrive Alcohol Recovery, which is, uh, that's what it is. It's a community of people that are doing this method for themselves. And then I'm their coach. I coach them along and I help them do it. And I help them with the protocol. And there's all these like nuances to this method. So I, that's what I do full time. That's my job. 
Um, but yeah, so the second time around, January 2021, it's so funny because I waited till January. Uh, I, I let the holidays go by, <laughs> you know, I'm still drinking and everything. Good, good day to start almost anything January 1st. <laughs> right, right. So January 2021, I set out to do this again. And this time I did everything in my power to make sure that this was going to work. Um, I worked on my mindset. I, you know, I, I journaled and I wrote down, I logged my drink. There's a whole bunch of things that we do with okay. this method. We log our drinks, we track, we work on our mindset, we work on our habits. We work. So this medication, what it does is it, it kind of deals with the brain part so that you're not so consumed with alcohol. You can now free up mental space so that you can work on your habits. You can work on your behaviors. You can work on your mindset. You can go to the gym. You can, you know, like when, when alcohol is just consuming our thoughts and consuming our, and there's cravings, like very intense cravings, there's not much more we can think about. It's just try, trying from moment to moment, not to drink. That's why people go to meetings. They're like, go to 90 meetings in 90 days. You know, they're trying not to drink. You know, it's so sad. It's so sad that we have to live that way where you're just trying to fight back these urges to drink when all you have to do is take a medication that will do that for you so that you can work on your other aspects. You can work on your habits. You can work on getting healed. Like I had to do a whole, a healing journey. I, I was healing from my past. I was healing from unforgiveness of myself. I had to forgive myself for all the mistakes I had made and all this stuff. So finally I was able to work on it because this medication, I was using it as a tool to help, help me be able to address these other areas. Right. So that's what happened. And so that year, 2021 right. was a complete transformation. I mean, I've, I've not seen this kind of transformation in a lot in a lot of different examples. Like, I mean, I lost 50 pounds in that year. I no more hangovers, uh, just complete mental clarity and re being revitalized. Like I felt like a teenager again, like in my energy and my mental clarity. And, you know, it was just all those health problems I mentioned completely removed, like gone. Well, it sounds to me that this medication helped you give you that brain space to do the deep work you needed to do anyway. That's so it. AA wants you to do the work and you're not saying the work isn't necessarily important. You're saying now you're trying to do two things. You're trying to fight your urges and then dive deep. So you, it's like all consuming. What else can you do? And when you said, well, you could go to the gym, well, you can see where if I'm trying to fight alcohol, from, you know, taking over. And then I'm also trying to just figure out what's the triggers and go on this other path to, you know, free myself, clear my mindset, get spiritually aligned. You can see where, where it's almost exhausting. I, I was exhausted listening. <laughs> yeah. Like there's so much work behind this. And this, yeah. when people, a, a couple things, number one, you didn't want to that you had alcoholism. I believe that when we identify 
um, we call ourselves something. So I believe when we change our story, we can change our life. So if you're changing your story, I am not an alcoholic. I am someone who has alcohol use disorder. Mm-hmm. There, okay. there's a, there's a, there's a, a process and a symptom for that. So that's number one, you change that story, but then you also were changing the story that I can do this now. I, I can do the hard work. And by doing that, you really have changed your life, but the story had to be changed. What we call ourselves is so powerful and no one realizes, you know, and when you're studying the brain, the power of the words that we say to ourselves. We think that the words that other people say are, are the things that really harm us. It's all the things that we've said before that moment that someone said something. And after that moment, because we start believing so much of it is true. And that that's some of the challenge. So if you're believing that that's not true, I, I don't have to live this life of never being free from alcohol. I can live a different life. Yes, freedom is powerful. Freedom from people fight for freedom. They fought for freedom. Freedom fighters. Do you, so do you want to know? Do you want to know what actually changed that year? I'll tell you what happened that year. It everything everything that you just said. My whole identity changed around alcohol. My identity was all wrapped up in alcohol and what it was doing for my life and the benefits that I thought I was getting from it, you know, like relaxing and calming me from my day and, you know, the things that I, the, you know, that I was turning to it for, I was turning to alcohol to, to relieve stress and to cope with whatever negative emotions I was feeling at the time, or to just maybe just forget about my problems, you know, and Forget about my, the problems of drinking too much. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that was calling causing all of my problems, which right. I didn't know. But yeah, my whole identity shifted that year. And the medication was so important because it helped me to be able to do that work. So yeah, it, there is work to be done. Um, but it's actually not that hard when we have this help from this medicine that is fairly like there's heart, not that many side effects. Like there's initial, a few side effects that you experience, but there's no long-term side effects. Like it's, it's, it's a fairly, like I said earlier, it's like most people can take this medication, even if they're on other medicines too. Okay. So you, you changed how you thought about yourself. You're changing your identity. What are you doing now to help other people as a, a coach? with this program with thrive yeah that's yes thank you so much for asking um yeah so what i and i kind of fell into this work because okay so there's this this youtube girl her name is katie lane she's on youtube she did this method for herself and she's also a christian and so she did this for herself and then she just started documenting her recovery she was just like, well, I did this method, this took this medication, and now she's been alcohol free for five years. Okay. And she she says she just one day she just forgot to drink. She just forgot. She just forgot to drink. And then she just forgot to drink the next day and the next day, and it went into months, and now it's years. Okay. So that's how much of 
not an obsession. It is like when we get free this way, there's no more cravings. There's no more thoughts of alcohol there. You can have alcohol in the house. Other pe people can drink around you. There's no like negotiating in your brain. Cause I'm telling you in, when you're in alcohol, there's this constant battle in your head about, should I drink? Do I not drink? How do I sneak a drink? How do I take a drink over here? How do I, you know, it's just right. like, it's exhausting. There's no more of that. Well, what? once you're on that medication, do you have to stay on the medication? No. So now, oh, okay. right. So you, you use it temporarily to attack the drinking problem. Once you're done and over the hump, you have two choices. You can continue to be just like that normal drinker that you kind of always, always wished you could be like where you can drink one or two glasses of wine in a sitting and then be done. Right. Or you can become alcohol free where you just, you just have, it just has no use in your life. And you're just like, I don't need that. Right. Um, so if you become alcohol free, which that ends up happening to a lot of us, over time because the medication works better the longer you're on it. Okay. You know, it, it's, it's a little nuanced, but so what happens is a lot of people do become alcohol free. You don't need to take it. Okay. You just don't need to take the medicine anymore. Now, if you ever plan to drink in the future, you have to take your medicine before you have a drink. So that's one thing that is like a non-negotiable because what happens is our brain can relearn the addiction very quickly. So essentially, Crazy. And I would yeah. see the people who have been alcohol or drug free for such a long time that, that, that it's, it snaps back in. It's like, there's yeah. been a piece missing and it just snaps in and then they're, they're down that path again. The, the neural pathways are, are they have changed and that's why you don't have any more cravings or obsessive thoughts. But if you drink again without the medication, you are basically unprotected from those pathways developing very quickly again to what they remember the alcohol use disorder. So essentially you do, you actually do doing this, you revert your neural, your drinking neural pathways back to their pre-addicted state you do, you can do that. So that's why, again, no more cravings. You're not thinking about it. You're not fighting back urges to drink. There's no urges to drink. There's nothing. It's just like, you're free. You're truly free. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. But if you were to drink without the medicine, that's playing with fire. So, okay. so how are you helping other people now as a yeah. coach? Yeah. So I, I work with two separate platforms. One is a nonprofit organization. Uh, the woman who does the Ted talk, her name is Claudia Christian. She has a, it's a viral Ted talk about this. Okay. And I I'm one of her coaches. She has a coaching program where she certifies Sinclair method coaches. That's the, the method that we use It's called the Sinclair method. And so she certifies us and then we have a platform there and it's very reasonable prices because it's a nonprofit. So we don't want, you know, we're trying to help people with addictions here. So, you know, so it's very reasonable, you know, but we do have to put food on, on the table. And yes. then, um, yeah. And then I also work with thrive alcohol recovery, which is a, an established organization that they, 
it's a subscription-based online platform where you have a community, you have a course that you take, like we give you modules and a course, and then you have access to coaches like me, you have one-on-one sessions with us. So we kind of like take you down, we give you a referral to a doctor because this, this is a medication that has to be prescribed by a doctor. So we refer you to a doctor and then we take you through the steps on how to get better. And we take you from A to Z. So the beginning of it, of your journey to the end, when you've hit what we call, so it's called extinction. So there's a, there's an end to this process and it's called extinction. It's where you extinguish the behavior in the brain. You've extinct, you've got, you've hit extinction essentially. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Like those, like you can feel like a fire hose. Yeah. Extinguish the fire. You extinguish the fire. You extinguish the addiction in the brain. Right. And as long as you, after that, you can make a decision, a decision not to drink. Or if you do want to drink, like, you know, like you want to have a glass of wine at a wedding or something, just take your medication an hour before and you'll be fine. Right. So I still carry my medicine, even though I'm pretty much alcohol free. Like I just don't, I don't, I'm working on so many things that, you know, I run the risk. Yeah. I don't have, no, it's just that I don't have time for alcohol anymore. But if I were like in France and I want to have a glass of champagne and you know what I mean? Like there's never, there, there may be a time in the future where I drink, but I will take the medicine and then I I'll be protected. Well, what is the Sinclair method you've, you've talked about? How is that different from other coaching programs or for other alcohol recovery programs? Okay. Yes. That's very, very good question. So the Sinclair method is, is a alternative treatment to alcohol use disorder. It's not an abstinence based treatment. So you actually have to engage in the activity of drinking in order to get better, okay, because you have to take this medication and then you have to drink. So it's very different and it is very much a paradigm shift from the the traditional methods that we've been so kind of wired up to doing in the world. And so that's the difference here. This is, it's actually called harm reduction. So there's a, a type of uh, addiction treatment that's called harm reduction. And this is, this falls in that category. The Sinclair method is named after this doctor. His, his name was Dr. John David Sinclair. And he was in Finland and he started studying. He repurposed this, this medication. So this medicine is a, is in the same family as like Narcan, which is something that they give to, they use it in hospitals now to stop an overdose. Okay. So it's an opiate blocker that blocks the opiates that are that are get being sent to the receptors in the brain, okay? So yeah, so this medicine is it blocks the opiates coming from alcohol. So I'll just tell you this. So when a person has very advanced alcohol use disorder in the brain, they are getting a huge, massive flood of endorphins from their drink. That's what keeps coming, keeps them coming back to that drink. That's why there's the person that can't seem to stop at one drink. You know what I mean? 
Like they just can't, it's just a free for all. Once they get started drinking, it's like, who knows? It's almost impossible to stop at that point. Right. That was me. That was me. I just, I couldn't seem to stop myself. I had no shut off button. And that's that enormous amount of endorphins that you're getting from the drink that causes that reinforcing aspect, reinforces the behavior. So are there some people that are more wired to get those endorphin hits than others? Is that something, again, that's almost, not that you're predestined to, but you have, because there are people who over-exercise, they over-shop, they they over-binge watch TV. I know I can, well, well what's one more show? For <laughs> I'm like, just shut off the TV. None of them have been life-changing. <laughs> but it is like, yeah, let me try it again. Let me try it again. Let me try it again. So I, I get, I get that reward system. That's why we're addicted to our phones. We're, we, we have an addictive brain mechanism. And a lot of that is, as you said, it's based on survival to keep eating, to keep sleeping, to keep procreating, to do all those things. There is a pleasure component to those things that we need to do to survive. But then it can be like so many things, it can be overused or, um, you know, it just needs to be rewired a little bit. Wasn't yeah. something went a little awry here. Let's go in and fix it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're so correct about all of that. Um, drinking is a learned behavior, just like other behaviors become habits like watching binge watching shows that's a neural pathway in our brain that has expanded it's gotten wider it's gotten deeply grooved and it's getting a big amount of pleasure uh chemicals when we do it and that reinforces the behavior right so yeah so part part of this is that behavior change that we're doing um but the medication makes it possible because without the medicine again we're back to just misery, like trying to, to suffer through cravings and urges to drink. And it's almost, and, and do seeing the statistics, it is almost impossible because about 90% of people don't make it after six months of rehab. It's 80 to 90% don't make it six months of rehab. So after rehab, so this, this tells us that we're failing the majority of people who try to seek treatment for their alcohol use disorder. They were failing them with these abstinence-based methods, which are, you know. Yeah, it's try, to, trying to not to do something that now has become very natural for you to do. It's become part of your nature almost. Well, right. it sounds like what you lacked on your first try was that support and that community, having a method, having you know a process, you are now stepping into that space for other people. Yes. I always think that the best one to lead you down a path to freedom is someone who's been on your side and knows what it feels like to get you to the other side. Do you find that that to be true, that you can be more I, not just empathetic, but really understanding of what it is. You're not blaming and you're, you, you know how it feels to be where they're at. Oh you- my gosh. A hundred percent. Like th- this, I'm serving the person I once was, you know, like it's 
it's my purpose. I, I had to go through this in order to find my true purpose for life. I know that God healed me this way so that I can help these people. Like so many people are suffering and I, I, I guide them through and I get them doing the protocol and I answer all their questions and they, you know, it's, it's beautiful. The success rate is 78% on this medic medication. 78%. Wow. Yeah. What did you say traditionally? What, what's the success rate? Traditional abstinence based methods, uh, lead to an 80% failure rate after six months or at the six month mark after rehab, after that six month mark, it jumps to around 90%. So around 90% of people will relapse eventually. Okay. And so this I'd rather have a 78% success rate than an 80 to 90% failure rate. It's like the exact opposite. And exactly. The, the odds are in your favor. If you're going to try, if you have an alcohol use disorder or you have a problem with drinking and you want to try something different, like an alternative treatment, the odds are in your favor that this will work for you. 80, almost 80% chance. I, I, yeah. And it's like, if you're, you're going to buy a lottery ticket, would you rather buy the tickets that, you know, or there's a 78% chances of you winning, or would you rather buy the one where there's a, an 80 to 90% chance of you failing. Right. This is like a no brainer, well, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a no brainer for a brain that needs healing. <laughs> yes. Your brain's been overworked. <laughs> that's, that's like what that my Instagram says, heal your brain. Like one of the, the things on my Instagram in my bio, it says heal your brain. Cause that's what we do. We heal the brain and we completely in that process, change our relationship with alcohol, our identity, you know, changes where we're no longer, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't have alcohol use disorder anymore. I used to have alcohol use disorder for about 25 years, right? Like 25 years, I was enslaved by it. And That's now I'm, word, I'm yeah. free. It's free. And freedom is there. There's you, you went through the hard stuff to get to the other side of freedom and knowing that you found your purpose, you're helping other people. You, you look beautiful and wonderful and healthy. Yeah. And you're, you're excited. You can see just the excitement of saying, gosh, who doesn't want to be a freedom fighter? Who doesn't want to give people freedom? I love it. I called, I call myself in one of my bios, a freedom fighter, but I am, I'm, I'm writing a book about this. It's called out. Uh, it's well, preliminarily it's called, um, recovery revolution. And it's about my story and about why it's better, why it's different, why it's important, you know, to the I, world. As a former business executive, I am going for the statistics. I'm like, <laughs> show me the proof, show me the data. And you've done a wonderful job of sharing your story, the ups and downs and the pains of it. And this beautiful god-given transformation as you call it so any last things i'll put information about how to contact you for anyone who's struggling and wants to be set free um, any other last words you want to share <laughs> um you've been so wonderful directly uh, to those people struggling right now samara <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say like if, if anyone this this whole talk 
if you uh, like resonated with this, you know, if you're out there and you resonated with this, there is an alternative treatment. You don't have to go the route of the abstinence-based route. You know, you don't have to live suffering with cravings and live in misery, trying to fight back urges to drink. You, you don't have to do that. This, this method is fairly easy. There is work to do, but the medication helps, and then you can actually address those other areas in your life. You can change your relationship with alcohol. You can transform your identity. You don't have to call yourself a recovering alcoholic. You don't have to call yourself that. You're not You're not an alcoholic anymore, right? You can move on from that. And then maybe you can help others, you know, that are in the struggle. So there's a lot of hope out there. I hope this gives you some hope because that's what the Sinclair method is. The Sinclair method is a, is a message of hope to the people who are suffering with cravings and with urges to drink. So that's why you're here at the hope station today. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was so good. <laughs> yeah, been beautiful. Thank you so much for your time. And we'll, we'll list information in our show notes so that people can reach out to you. Thank you so much. This was an absolute blessing and it's given me some hope for some people that I do love that I know are struggling. So thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for pulling into the Hope Station. Wasn't that a great episode? My hope is that this episode brought you hope. Do you want to be a hope giver? I hope so. And how you can do that is to share this podcast, post the episode on social media, write a review or rate the podcast. This helps engagement and boost the podcast out to other listeners in need of hope. So thank you. Thank you for participating. Thank you for helping. Thank you for being a valued listener. And my hope is that you have a great week.